everyone. This is Brad Thomas with the Dividend Kings, and today we're back again for the weekly Dividend Kings roundtable. Of course, as I'm talking, the market's dipping, and we've got some really interesting insight today to share with our team. Of course, we're joined today with Adam Gallus, who is the co-founder of Dividend Kings, as as well as Nicholas Ward. Uh, Today, we're going to be talking about timeless investment wisdom and without further ado, I'm going to hand it over to Adam Gallus to talk about the Baker's Dozen. Uh, Adam, good to hear from you today. Thanks, Brad. It's always great to be back, especially on a day like today, of course. Uh, market fear is, is back, uh, as we've been warning members about uh, highest valuations in, 40, uh, uh, in 20 years, 49% overvalued. No news today, but the market's down 4%, NASDAQ's down almost 6 we got some of the most popular recent names that were high flyers now crashing back. Uh, and of course, I'll be discussing in the Baker's Dozen of uh, wonderful quotes that I've uh, put together. Uh, so truly, uh, you know, inspiring uh, wisdom that's uh, absolutely timeless, but also very actionable for uh, periods of high risk like we're seeing now. The first one, though, uh, is from uh, Kevin O'Leary, Shark Tank's Mr. Wonderful. Quote, if you want to get rich, stop buying crap. And I can't tell you how much uh, I've learned the truth, truth of that uh, quote. Uh, you know, when, when I started investing 24 years ago, I was a complete noob, uh, newbie in the markets. I had no concept of quality, valuation, or risk management. Uh, first company I ever bought was actually Network Appliance, now called NetApp, at 400 times earnings. Now, it's a, it's a quality company, but of course, you know, after that, uh, after I lost half my money in the in the first tech bubble crash, I, you know, I, I unfortunately learned the wrong lessons. I kept trying to to get rich quick, so I tried day trading, I tried currency trading, commodity trading, and uh, even when I got into dividends uh, after starting work uh, six years ago at the Motley Fool, I, I still made the mistakes so many income investors make, chasing that high yield. You know, I was, uh, you know. Uh, things like basically um, uh, tanker MLPs, uh, you know, just very unsafe and speculative uh, stocks trying to get that 14, 15, sometimes even 20% yields. And, and I can't, you know, th- those things, fortunately, I sold out uh, years ago. But to give you some context for those, uh, all of those things that I sold out have dropped by 80% to 100%. Some have literally gone to zero because they went bankrupt in this recession. And, you know, and basically, you know, it's, it's like what we focus on at Dividend Kings on the investment deci- decision score, those core principles, preservation of capital, return of capital, and returns on capital. Well, if you, if you buy low quality assets, then you have very little margin of safety. Uh, if something goes wrong with the economy, something goes wrong with the industry, then the company can go to zero. And that is basically how you lose all your money. Which brings me to the next quote from Mark Twain, AKA Samuel Clemens. Quote, there are two times in a man's life when he should not speculate, when he can't afford it and when he can. And, I, and essentially that is a very timely quote for this, uh, market bubble, the second largest in U.S. history, and what I consider simply the most irrational, simply because the economic fundamentals are, uh, you know, the weakest that that have been in 75 years. We're looking at almost tech bubble valuations on some stocks, 
Uh, but in, you know, the market's partying like it's 1999, but when it comes to unemployment, it looks more like 1929. And so that's the thing that, you know, we have to remember that, you know, speculation is a short-term casino mentality. The idea of I'm going to score a quick gain, it doesn't matter. You know, valuations are quaint. You know, Tesla's up, you know, tenfold in a year. Uh, you know, Apple just was absolutely soaring uh, up, up over 10% just on splitting its stock, which it makes no fundamental sense because everyone knows it doesn't change the intrinsic value of the company at all. And, and then, of course, that brings us to Howard Marks, co-founder of Oak Tree Capital, one of uh, Brad's uh, favorite uh, insp inspirations over the years. Quote, rule number one, most things will prove to be cyclical. Rule number two, some of the most exceptional opportunities for gain and loss come when other people get rule number one. And this is absolutely what we're seeing, basically, that the entire nature of a bubble is simply that people are facing momentum that there's a sense of fear of missing out, FOMO, or uh, there is no alternative. Tina, we've seen a lot of the you know, comments, uh, even from Howard Marks that he's uh, mentioned uh, in a recent talk about how, well, if interest rates were to stay uh, this low forever, that could potentially justify these kinds of valuations. And that, that's true. I mean, UBS, for example, they point out over the last five years, the equity risk premium, meaning the uh, earnings yield on the S&P minus the risk-free 10-year yield has been 3.8%. Goldman points out that since 2000, so for the last 20 years, it's averaged 3.7. It tends to be highly stable over time. But the thing to remember is that while, you know, the short term, that's, those are the speculators, uh, you know, trying to, trying to speculate and guess what's going to happen with interest rates. How low are interest rates going to go? How low are they going to stay there? How long can the market bubble continue to inflate? But we have to focus on the long term. And in the long term, Moody's, the Fed, Congressional Budget Office, the 16 most accurate economists out of 45 tracked by market watch, the so-called blue chip consensus. They're all saying the 10 years going to two, between two and 2.6%. And so if you run the numbers, that basically means that the uh, interest rate adjusted fair value PE for stock should drop to 16, to, between 16 and 17 and a half. Well, guess what? The average blended PE for the last 10 to 20 years, statistically significant periods when uh, 90 to 91% of total returns are a result of fundamentals is 16 and a half to 17 and a half with a mid range of 17. So basically the best economists that we have are saying that, yes, interest rates might will likely stay short, uh, very low through 2021, potentially into 2022. But as the pandemic recovers, the economy is going to start to pick up. Interest rates will go back to the basically average levels for the last decade. And so interest, uh, so market valuations are likely to come back down to the modern day historical average. Which brings us to the next quote from Ben Graham. Quote, an investment operation is one which, upon thorough analysis, promises safety of principle and a satisfactory return. Operations not meeting these requirements are speculative. And so, again, you know, we're starting out uh, warning people about speculation. And, you know, we've seen some truly crazy things. I mean, Tesla recently, I think, as, uh, as recently as Monday, after the stock split, it soared about 30%. It hit a market cap of $500 billion. To give you some context of how just insane that was, it hit a forward PE of 290 and a blended PE of close to 
400. And Cisco in 2000 peaked at 130 times blended PE. And so, you know, as, as one analyst pointed out, well, if Cisco at 130 times earnings is, is a bubble, what do you call Tesla at 290 to 400? Well, that's an even crazier bubble. To, you know, the, the market cap for every other automaker on earth is about 250 billion. So Tesla with 0.2% market share is worth double what every other car company on earth is worth. And that, of course, was there was a 91% probability that eventually this would end badly. Well, they announced a 5% that they were selling 5 billion uh, uh, secondary to, so basically selling 5 billion new stock, 1% dilution. That basically popped the euphoria. It fell about 4% that day, 7% the next day, down about 9% today. So now, you know, it's like the, the bubble has popped and now the, the speculators are running for and you know, this brings us, of course, to days like today, as well as just the last couple of months. 2020, uh, you know, the, the quote I'm pointing out here is Warren Buffett's quote, when investing pessimism is your friend, euphoria the enemy. Well, 2020 has been truly a remarkable year, one for the history books. We started out with a highly overvalued market. It was about 15% uh, overvalued at its peak. Then, of course, we had the COVID pandemic. We've had a 34% one-month crash, the fastest bear market in history. And then, then basically, that ended when the Fed stepped in and said, you know, they'll do whatever it takes in QE infinity to support the, the uh, credit markets. And ever since then, basically, it's just been the, the strongest uh, bear market recovery rally in history, the, a brand new bull market uh, after 104 days. Uh, truly exceptional, 60% gains basically at its peak uh, as of yesterday. But again, it's really important, uh, you know, dividend kings, I like to say our job here is to be like mental bonds for our members. When, you know, basically we wanna act like ballast, we wanna act like emotional, uh, basically smooth out the emotions. In March, uh, you know, well, in February, we were warning that a correction was likely. We didn't know what was going to cause it, of course. Then COVID happened and it seemed like the world was ending. And we had to remind people the world is not actually ending that, you know, we did an entire roundtable on it that, you know, this too shall pass. We will get through this. Uh, it might take several years, but eventually we'll recover. And now here we are on the other side a few months ago or over the last few months and everyone's partying like, you know, nothing will ever go wrong again and stocks can only go up. In fact, David Portnoy recently came out and said, you know, he's the captain now, Buffett is washed out and quote, stocks only go up. Well, when you hear stuff like that, you basically know that we're potentially near market tops. And of course, I can't tell you whether or not today's 4% decline, is this just a mere dip? Is it the start of a pullback? You know, is uh, JP Morgan's uh, head of qu uh, quantitative research uh, saying that if the VIX goes above 30, it's now at 33, that 400 billion in uh, smart beta, essentially dumb money uh, funds that only look at the VIX when deciding whether or not to buy or sell stocks, you know, is that gonna accelerate this to the downside? It's certainly a plausible sounding theory. We're prepared for it either way. We have a sensible plan, but basically this brings us to the fourth quote, uh, another Buffett gem. Only when the tide goes out do you discover who's been swimming naked. And it's like, and this is precisely what we have been warning members about what uh, all of us in articles uh, uh, on both sides of the paywall have been saying for months is never chase momentum. 
never over knowingly overpay for a company. A Dividend King members actually uh, asked me in a private message recently. Well, you know, I'm, you know, I, I'm, I want to diversify not just into value, but also into growth. And so maybe I should buy Spotify. I know it's overvalued, but you know, it's, it, you know, it's diversification. Well, diversification is certainly important as well as by strategy. Yes, there's seven proven alpha factors, uh, things like uh, low volatility, small caps, dividend growth, value, uh, quality, uh, mo and momentum. But the thing to remember is that you never, never use diversification as an excuse to uh, use poor risk management and knowingly overpay for a company. The whole purpose behind the Daily Blue Chip de uh, deal video series that we're doing with uh, the Daily Phoenix buys is to show what Chuck talks about, how it's a market of stocks, not a stock market, and how at any given time, whatever your goals, whether it's uh, you're looking for yield, you're looking for value, you're looking for total returns, you're looking for pure growth, there's always something sensible uh, on sale. Now, at times like these, uh, uh, the number of those has uh, dropped down, but we have some you know, great tech names, core names like Cisco and Intel. There were uh, recently good buys that we bought. Uh, SEI, uh, SEI Investments Company is a 12% growing super swan dividend champion that remains a good buy. It's been a good buy for months now. And so, you know, the point is that there is always an opportunity to find companies, even growing at double digits, you never have to overpay for growth. Uh, is, you know, as, as Peter Lynch popularized and uh, that it's baked into fast graphs, growth at a reasonable price. Now, not necessarily PG of one, which is the, you know, the, basically what, what Peter Lynch was talking about, but basically just look at the a PEG of a company and look, how does it compare to its historical? For example, REITs, generally trade around three times PEG simply because they're very stable cash flow. So they trade at multiples of about 15 to 20, and they generally tend to grow around 5%. So they can have high PEGs. Well, if you see a, basically a PEG that for a REIT that trades at normally three or four, and it's trading at two or two and a half, well, that could indicate that it is, you know, an attractive valuation. And if the other valuation metrics, the, the nine metrics that we use, you know, if they basically say that there's a decent margin of safety based on the quality and the risk profile, well, then that is, you know, that is what, you know, Charlie Munger and Warren Buffett would call a consistently not stupid investment. Basically, you know, what the rest of us call, would call reasonable, prudent, or downright smart. So the next quote is, of course, uh, is, is about risk management. Uh, famous economist John Maynard Keynes, the founder of macroeconomics, quote, markets can remain irrational longer than you can remain solvent. Now, this quote from Keynes was actually a warning against using leverage and margin, but it, it's also applicable to market bubbles as well, because as uh, I pointed out in many articles from research from JP Morgan, Bank of America, uh, Princeton, and RIA, uh, basically, uh, over it takes 10 years for fundamentals to explain 90 to 91 percent uh, of uh, total returns, uh, and be, be, uh, below fi uh, five years, the majority is actually sentiment, luck, and momentum. And so, this is the reason that bubbles get people into uh, into so much trouble. Not necessarily that uh, essentially people say that, well, you know, a stock's been hot for so long, it's been you know, it looks like on fast graphs, it's overvalued for the last five, six, even seven years. Well, yes, but that's because, you know, bubbles can last a long time. 
If you look at the greatest bubble in history, the Japanese stock market and real estate bubble, that took about 20 years to inflate. And it was the most overvalued that stocks have ever gotten in human history. Forward PE of 60 on the stock market and real estate prices so high that the th theoretically the land under the Imperial Palace in Japan was worth more than all the real estate in California and worth twice all the real estate in Canada. Obviously, that was crazy, but it lasted for 20 years. And so it's important to point out that, you know, how long can bubbles last? Well, there's a 10% probability that they can last over a decade. Generally, they do not, as basically very, very few of them have. But it's important to remember that and to remember to always use sound risk management. Do not ever bet on things like uh, even people saying, well, you know, Johnson & Johnson, the safest dividend stock in the world, Dividend King, Super Swan, Healthcare, highly diversified, AAA balance sheet. The, I mean, really a 0.07% risk of going bankrupt in 30 years, basically uh, virtually zero risk of permanent loss of capital. But you know, using it for as a bond alternative or using it say, you know, I, I've got money that I need in three years to, to buy a house or send my kids to college. Well, just remember that stocks, you know, basically it takes 10 years for the market to trade on fundamentals. So if you buy Johnson & Johnson with the goal of earning superior yield and thinking you're going to make uh, capital gains over a one to three year period, as Ben Graham would point out, that is speculation. That is not investing. Even though it's a wonderful company, even if you buy it at fair value or better, the market can remain uh, irrational longer than you can remain solvent. And then of course, uh, the next quote, uh, getting into uh, Shark Tank, uh, uh, famous VC, some of the greatest investors uh, in their industries, from Richard Branson, quote, business opportunities are like buses. There's always another one coming. And this is something that I like to I'll frequently point out when people started getting a sense of FOMO, fear of missing out and saying, oh, the market's going up. You know, it's just like, we got to get in now. We have to overpay. You know, there is no alternative. It's better than bonds. There is always a good alternative. Uh, you know, all the, the frequent articles I do on Seeking Alpha, I'm constantly screening for companies. Even yesterday, we had about 150 companies on the master list, about 33% trading at fair value or better. And we've got, uh, as a perfect example, in the tech bubble, April of 2000, basically the peak of the tech mania, you had realty income trading at an 11% yield, seven times cash flow, 50% discount to historical fair value. It was the an ultimate anti-value stock, literally priced for negative 0.8% growth forever based on the Graham Dodd fair value formula. Berkshire Hathaway, of course, uh, they had just fallen 50% over the previous three years uh, during the tech bubble. They were 50% undervalued as well. And goodness gracious, do I wish that I had known then what I know now, because I would have been recommending and buying those companies rather than chasing Cisco and NetApp at 500 times earnings. Well, guess what happened in the tech crash? When valuations get those so extreme, remember what Howard Marks said, the most exceptional opportunities? Well, Realty income went up 120% in the tech crash, Berkshire Hathaway about 80%. And so they, there you go. The market will always make sense in the long term. You just have to remember the long term is 10 plus years. And so in my next quote, one of my favorite sharks, Mark Cuban, quote, follow the green, not the dream. And this is so important. What, you know, in the last few months in this speculative mania, we've seen, you know, 
companies like Peloton, Zoom, Tesla, even some uh, newer EVs like Nikola Motors at one point was worth more than Ford and GM. Uh, you know, a company that's not selling a product for the next few years and isn't expected to be profitable for five. And it's just like, it's a story. People love the story. And I totally understand that humans, you know, I can quote you statistics and, 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 and uh, facts about market history until the cows come home, but people remember stories. But it's so important to remember that, you know, even Ben Graham said that, you know, you cannot purely use quantitative. You have to look at the objective numbers. You also have to look at the qualitative assessments. That's what we do with things like credit ratings. That's when, uh, you know, considering a Morningstar's uh, fundamental assessment, the overall consensus estimates, we're taking the qualitative approach from the smartest people who know companies the best. And at the end of the day, a good story, I mean, even management guidance, you'll have a company come up, management says, oh, we're going to grow at, you know, we're going to grow at 10% over time. Well, if you haven't grown at 10% in the last 20 years, and there's no realistic catalyst for that, then where's that story coming from? Ultimately, you know, theories are wonderful. The same in their weekly recession updates. I'm constantly pointing out, you know, Moody's assessments and uh, various, you know, quotes from leading experts, uh, such as Dr. Anthony Fauci uh, and Dr. Michael Ulsterholm from, from uh, SIDRAP. But at the end of the day, the data will always speak and risks, you know, uh, theories and uh, things, you know, risks about fundamentals. That's always important to remember. But at the end of the day, the fundamentals matter most. And as Chuck likes to point out, it's only every three months that we get earnings and we get objective facts. Everything else in between is pure speculation. And of course, now, you know, uh, I'd like to point out another fav uh, favorite quote uh, from Mark Cuban. Quote, you've got to crawl before you ball. It's not in the dreaming, it's in the doing. And what I want to express here is a lot of members, of course, have, have said that they're frustrated, or they're starting out, they're just confused. And they, they want to, that they, they sometimes they feel overwhelmed, that there's so much wonderful content, so much wisdom uh, on the Dividend Kings is providing from all our uh, contributors, that they just feel like it's overwhelming and that they, they just can't learn fast enough. But the thing to remember is lifelong learning is the essence of successful living in general, but finance in particular. You know, it's taken me 24 years to get to where I have today, six and a half years as a professional analyst. Uh, I, uh, Brad can tell you he's been uh, in commercial real estate for something like 30 years and he's been covering REITs for Seeking Alpha and Forbes for uh, over a decade now. Uh, you know, Chuck Carnevale, of course, you know, he's our very own Warren Buffett. Just, it seems, you know, everything he says is timeless wisdom. Well, he's been doing, he's been in asset management for 50 years. And so you know, even we are constantly learning and even Buffett famously spends about eight hours a day just reading, not even uh, annual reports, but just newspapers and, and basically, you know, just even books about just the state of the world, about various trends, about behavioral finance uh, and, and investor psychology, because he's try, trying to constantly improve. And it's because, I mean, I mean, Buffett is the most quotable investor in history and the greatest of all time, but he just turned 90 and he's been doing this for, for about 80 years. I, actually, he started when he was 11, so it's about 79 years. But, you know, in those 79 years, he's made so many mistakes. He's learned from those mistakes. And that is ultimately, the, you know, don't beat yourself up 
for, for the mistakes you make. Try your best never to repeat the same mistake again. So you're constantly improving your sound investment strategy and most importantly, your risk management. Which brings me to my next quote, uh, second to last. It's actually a paraphrase of football legend, Jerry Rice. Quote, today I buy what others won't, so tomorrow I earn returns others can't. And this is ultimately basically, it, it's a message about being basically a contrarian, but not just a contrarian for a contrarian's sake. I mean, there's famous perma bears like John Hussman, who he made a killing in the financial crash. Uh, and he basically got, at, you know, his hedge fund ended up with close to 11 billion in assets under management in 2010. Now, the problem is that he's been predicting doom and gloom and bear markets and is such an economic collapse for 20 years. And so even with three bear markets and three recessions over those 20 years, he's generated negative 1% inflation adjusted returns for his investors over a half an investing lifetime. And for many people, a full investing lifetime. And the problem is that essentially he just forgets essentially the, the importance of being a long-term optimist about the U.S. economy, the global economy, and the ability of quality companies run by competent and trustworthy management to adapt and overcome. Companies never make a penny of profit for investors because nothing goes wrong, but despite something always going wrong. And it's that qualitative assessment that we use with our quality um, uh, management quality scores, looking at the track record of, cal uh, of uh, capital allocation, uh, looking at the dividend culture, looking at the ability to adapt and, uh, to challenges over time and make those turnarounds because every business has to pivot at some point. And uh, I almost uh, forgot as well, uh, in, uh, in times like these, as well as you know, at bear markets like we saw in March, a great quote from JP Morgan, quote, in bear markets, stocks return to their rightful owners. And this is so important because it just points out that stocks are not just uh, letters on a screen. They're not uh, speculative uh, you know, things to gamble. This is, you know, I like to say Wall Street is absolutely a casino. But it's not because you're supposed to sit down at the you know blackjack table or roulette wheel and let it ride time and time again praying for luck these are real businesses we are taking a stake in and this is why i keep coming back to several times now uh in various articles think like a shark imagine you're on shark tank and a business opportunity is pitching you an idea this is what we do this is how we make money this is what we think we're worth and this is why we think we're a great investment and always focus not just on the the promise but focus on what could go wrong poke holes in the business model. What is the risk profile? What is the competition? What is the competitive advantages? What's the track record on overcoming those challenges? That's what gives you the confidence that, this, that a company is truly worth owning. And which brings me to my final quote and perhaps my favorite of all time. I I've, I've use it very frequently in articles from Roman philosopher Seneca the Younger, quote, luck is what happens when preparation meets opportunity. And that is absolutely the cornerstone of all long-term investing success because as i point out uh yes wall street is absolutely like a casino but that doesn't mean that you should be a speculator and throwing down the money at the blackjack table and praying for luck no wall street is a casino because while in the short term anything can happen including crazy long uh winning streaks over time probability statistics and math guarantee the house always wins 
always wins. And that is ultimately what Dividend Kings is all about. Because if you take the right approach, if you focus on quality first and prudent valuation and risk management always, then with enough time and discipline, you don't need to make your luck, you will make your own. And long-term financial success is about as guaranteed as you can find on Wall Street or anything in life. And with that, I will close out and pass it off to my fellow Dividend King, Nicholas Ward. Thanks, Adam. Uh, it's always tough to follow in Adam's footsteps. And I think this week, uh, you know, he set the bar maybe as high as he ever has with that wonderful uh, quote-based, uh, wisdom-based uh, soliloquy that he just gave. I will do my best to follow him with a handful of my favorite uh, quotes from some of the, uh, you know, the best well-known investors, some of the timeless wisdom that they have offered throughout the, uh, the ages. Uh, I will focus primarily on some of my biggest influences with regard to the value investing uh, world. And to, to start that off, it will go to essentially the grandfather of value investing himself, uh, Benjamin Graham. Uh, probably one of the quotes that I think about a lot with him, he said, in the short run, the market is a voting machine, but in the long run, it is a waiting machine. Uh, what this means is essentially that in the short term, sentiment drives uh, market volatility. However, over the long term, uh, the underlying fundamentals of the stocks that we own uh, will sort of uh, justify their share prices. Eventually, we will see mean reversion. And uh, Adam talked about this a lot, you know, just that uh, I think his statistic is, uh, you know, over a 10 year period, you know, roughly you know, more than 90% of the total returns can be justified by the uh, you know, fundamentals, but in the short term, that is in the low single digits. Uh, moving on to uh, one of uh, um, Graham's protégés, his most famous protégé, Warren Buffett. Uh, I'll give a handful of Buffett quotes. Uh, you know, like you guys know, I didn't study finance in college. I kind of didn't get into investing until after I left uh, university. And when I started to uh, become interested in the markets and in portfolio management, I just began to devour uh, everything Warren Buffett wrote from his letters to shareholders to a handful of books and uh, documentaries that I could find. Uh, kind of the principle that he and Charlie Munger have built Berkshire on is uh, one of value and simplicity. And with that in mind, uh, one of his, uh, my favorite quotes of his and an easy one to remember is that he has uh, two rules for investing. Rule number one, never lose money. Rule number two, never forget rule number one. Uh, obviously, it's impossible. Nobody knows what the future holds to never lose money. However, like Adam said with his Seneca quote, we can put ourselves in a situation to do well in the markets, to uh, minimize our risk and to maximize our returns by paying attention to the fundamentals and to the valuations. And, uh, you know, so while Buffett's quote, nobody's ever going to 100% live and die by those rules, we can do our best by focusing on fundamentals, uh, you know, to not to break them. Uh, another Buffett quote, which is, uh, you know, super cliche at this point in time, but, you know, obviously, I think it's gotten that way for a reason and it bears repeating is uh, he says, we simply attempt to be fearful while others are greedy and greedy while others are fearful. Uh, this means to buy low and uh, sell high as opposed to buying high and selling low. Uh, this has to do with Adam's kind of the Jerry Rice quote that he mentioned. And also, uh, you know, we talk about that JP Morgan report that shows that the average retail investors performance is, uh, is barely above inflation and underperforms just about every asset class that there is. 
and that is in large part due to the fact that they uh, do not, they are fearful when others are fearful and greedy when others are greedy. So that's, that's not what we want to do. That's not what we preach at Dividend Kings. Uh, we want to do what Buffett said, which is essentially just to be a contrarian, uh, not just for the sake of being a contrarian, like Adam said, but because that's what the fundamentals are pointing us to do. Um, last, another quote from Warren Buffett that I like, just with regard to the long-term uh, mindset that we that I think is best to have as a dividend growth investor. He says the stock market is a, is a device for transferring money from uh, the impatient to the patient. So obviously, um, you know, it just means is to keep that long-term mindset. Don't worry about the short-term volatility. Don't let sentiment uh, and emotions dictate your decisions. Uh, when you focus on the fundamentals and when you own high-quality businesses, uh, you will do well over time. Uh, Adam I've, I've mentioned, has mentioned this uh, several times in the past, but um, you know I do love the Munger quote, who is Buffett's partner. Uh, it is remarkable how much long-term advantage people like us, and I, he's referring to Berkshire, uh, have gotten trying to be consistently not stupid instead of trying to be very intelligent. Um, Adam, I, th I think he even mentioned this at the start. He mentioned so many, I forgot exactly which uh, quotes he said, but you know, this is a kind of just boils it down to the keep it simple, stupid mindset. Uh, you don't need to be overly sophisticated. You don't need to kind of uh, worry about, you know, fancy options trades or all these new age valuation tools. Uh, at the end of the day, it's not necessarily rocket science to uh, evaluate a company. And uh, it just, uh, you know, it comes down to more patience and discipline than anything else to succeed in the market. And with that said, I go over to a quote. Uh, Adam mentioned Howard Marks being one of Brad's favorite investors. I'm a big Howard Marks fan as well. Uh, the fact that, uh, you know, Marks has uh, joined uh, his Oak Tree Capital with Brookfield Asset Management has sort of made me even more bullish on BAM, which is part of the reason I've been accumulating shares recently. Howard Marks says, the biggest investing areas come not errors, excuse me, the biggest investing errors come not from factors that are informational or analytical but from those that are psychological. And uh, so that kind of gets back to the Munger quote. Uh, and it gets back to kind of what I say a lot of the time, that's fear and greed, that emotional responses to volatility in the market are ultimately what allow investors to either succeed or fail. Uh, you know, it's not their ability to read data or to analyze data. It's their ability to sort of capitalize on that, um, you know, with the due to the fact that, uh, you know, being a contrarian, being greedy while others are fearful and fearful while others are greedy, that does uh, require you to sort of go against basic human nature. It's not easy to do that. It takes time and uh, practice. But over time, uh, you know, when you see that the system works, it is uh, possible to adhere to such a system. Uh, with regard to sort of learning and the long-term uh, mindset and the long-term kind of discipline that it takes to be a great value investor. Charlie Munger says, spend each day trying to be a little wiser than you were when you woke up. Uh, Adam talked about how much Warren Buffett reads. I've read that too. I, you know, and he, I, I think he reads anywhere from eight to 10 hours a day. Um, it's just amazing that his, his appetite for knowledge, Munger obviously agrees. Uh, I graduated from the University of Virginia, so I kind of share this sentiment. Uh, at UVA, we are not called freshmen, sophomore, juniors, and seniors, like uh, you are in most schools and colleges. Uh, we are, refer to ourselves as first years, second years, third years, and fourth years. And uh, this is because Thomas Jefferson, who founded the university, 
said that you were never a senior when it comes to learning. And, uh, and since he, and he didn't want people to think that, you know, when they graduated from the UVA that they were finished learning. Therefore, the, you know, that's why you're not considered a senior. And that's, uh, I think Munger uh, kind of shares that sentiment. And um, the last quote that I'll mention today, I'll kind of keep it a little shorter than Adam, but, uh, you know, I do think there's just a lot of timeless wisdom being shared here. And I think it's a lot for our subscribers to uh, digest. And I think there's a, you know, this has been a wonderful podcast. So to end it, I will use uh, one of my favorite quotes. Uh, this definitely has to do with our focus on passive income here at Dividend Kings. Warren Buffett said, if you don't find a way to make money while you sleep, you will work until you die. Uh, nobody wants to work until they die. If you have a job that you love, I think that's wonderful. And uh, kudos to you. Uh, I think most people, you know, kind of dream about retirement. They dream about financial freedom. Uh, they dream about being able to pursue uh, their passions, kind of regardless of whether or not it's uh, profitable to do that. We need to retire. To retire, we need our passive income streams to cover our uh, lifestyle expenses. And likely for that to happen, we need to be able to figure out a way to make money while we sleep. Uh, dividends is a wonderful way to do that. They grow over time. We've talked about that uh, numerous, numerous times here at Dividend Kings. If you're subscribed, I'm sure you're a fan of the dividend growth strategy. So I think this Buffett quote, uh, you know, this is one of those things you can kind of like, you know, put to your, you know, on your mirror for when you're shaving in the morning, just to remind yourself to stay focused on the dividend growth. If you don't find a way to make money while you sleep, you will work until you die. So that is going to be the end of our uh, Timeless Wisdom podcast today. Uh, I, I thank everybody for stopping by and I look forward to uh, more podcasts in the future. Thank you guys. Bye.